Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hello everyone. I hope you had an amazing week this week. It was so incredible to connect with so many of you this past week after last week's episode about there being a lot of mystical shit in the air and oh man, it has not stopped. It has ramped up. In fact, I feel like as soon as I decided I was going to write my dreams down, they, they really started to pop off and more things started to happen, not just in the dream world, but in the, in our waking life. And, uh, a lot of you shared stories with me that I was like, whoa, like those are incredible evidential mentions of of very spiritual things happening. And, you know, and I saw that evidence in my own life asking for that and then seeing that show up even more. So, you know, if you are one of those people that are are open to those things, I say, go ahead and continue to ask for it because it it just seems to get closer and closer, whatever, whatever that may be. So um, it was really great to see a bunch of you guys yesterday at my workshop on Patreon We had a really great time uh, doing a few live readings and uh, talking about card reading, and it was was so much fun. And so um, if you'd like to be a part of our monthly workshops, you can go to patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah and sign up for the $10 tier uh, to be a part of our monthly workshops and, and hang out with me for a little bit. So this week... We have a really great episode where we're going to talk about some stuff that we haven't really talked about on the show, um, how spirituality integrates with business and how to use your uh, intuition uh, on the business side. We're going to also talk a lot about money and it's going to be, it's going to be a good and challenging, I think, episode for some people. But um, something I do want to say, and I want to put out there is, um, you know, today, especially we're going to be talking a lot about binaries and, um, the work world. And so you will hear us speak a lot about people who identify as women, uh, versus those who identify as men and, um, how the workplace or the old work form format, uh, very much was if you are a woman, it works like this. If you were a man, it works like that. And we are talking in generalizations. So I just want to put that out there for those who identify as non-binary or trans that, um, we are, we're speaking in generalities essentially of, uh, the old format. So I, I want you to know that I am doing the work to make this show more inclusive and more accessible and, uh, that this episode was obviously previously recorded, but that, uh, there is more, more input for everyone to feel included. I do understand that this is also a niche show and, um, I'm kind of working to make it better, uh, 
for, for everyone to listen and feel included in whatever walk you decide, whatever way in which you identify, um, because the spiritual aspect of all of us is something everyone should feel included in. So, uh, just know I'm doing that work to, uh, change my language. And I want you to also be a part of this learning, uh, with me as I am always learning as well. And so, um, I'm thankful that, uh, if you're here, that you're listening and, uh, that we'll do better. And so, yeah, that's all. That's my message for, for my people today. Uh, so let's get into the episode. Maury Fontanez is an executive purpose coach and the founder and CEO of A22 Group. After a successful career in corporate America, a critical truth became clear to her that many companies operate without a true sense of purpose because their leaders do not understand their own higher calling. With 20 years of working closely with brands and businesses in almost every industry, she climbed the corporate ladder of various companies to become a managing director of strategy at a global PR firm. And as a woman of color in a white and male-dominated corporate world, she leaned into her difference of perspective, seeing it as her superpower rather than an obstacle. That critical truth became clear to her, and she became a fixer of sorts to help break the mold of what traditional businesses looked like. She wanted entrepreneurs to know why their businesses existed, and what needs were the founders trying to fill when they put their hearts and soul into something new. Why many hardened business executives still operated from a place of scarcity and fear, rather than their intuition and alignment with their higher calling. She wanted to help people reconnect to their own proverbial GPS. Moray believes that only after understanding your higher purpose can you experience a life well-lived, achieve true success, and make the biggest impact on your community, business, and family. She helps clients understand their higher purpose and how to use empathy, intuition, and emotional intelligence to transform an outdated and effective workforce system in favor of inspirational leadership, authentic connection, and meaningful change. She wants to inspire people to be able to claim their gifts in a way that makes themselves abundant. Please welcome Moray to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely. And today we have Maury Fontanes, who is going to give us a, I would say, behind the scenes view on what it looks like to integrate spirituality into business. Say hey to everybody. Hello, how are you? I'm good. It's really good to have you on because we have not spoken about this particular topic before. Thanks um, for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. Of course. So you just got married too, right? I did. I just got married at the end of July and just got back from my honeymoon. I was uh, just telling you before we started that we went to Sedona and it was so incredibly spiritual and beautiful and definitely somewhere I recommend people to go see. Yeah. Well, congratulations. We're excited. I'm getting married next year. So it's like all the wedding stuff is like fun to dish about. It is. is. It's so fun to think about. And it's also such a relief, especially during COVID when it's Mm. done. Yeah. Yeah. As you can imagine, there's a bunch of unknowns. For sure. Yeah. We're excited because you are someone who has a lot of experience. I did some research on you um, in the corporate world. And some of the things that you said really sparked my interest about utilizing intuition and into the business space you know, kind of igniting different business practices. A lot of times those of us who identify as women uh, tend to be told in the workplace workspace uh, to be more like men is going to be the more advantageous route to go as far as a business persona or perspective. And you have a very different take on that. Um, So before we get into that, can you tell people a little bit about yourself, um, your background and what kind of brought you to the space to be able to integrate the two? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, started my career in the marketing and public relations space. 
I quickly got into, you know, crisis and change management because that's where I was most interested in figuring out how to help leaders and brands reconnect to their customers. And I realized after some time that the connection element was, was most interesting to me and that I really feel like business is doing it all wrong, mm-hmm. that they're focused on the wrong thing, which is the external, not the internal. And by internal, I mean, as leaders, connection to self um, and then connection to workforce and connection to purpose so that you really can walk the walk. And so what I started to realize is that especially in the crises I was helping to manage, you know, you had a bunch of leaders who had been taught by the system to distrust their intuition, mm-hmm. to distrust their own internal guidance system in favor of this is just the way we do it. Right. And my diagnosis was that that is what is wrong with business in general and that I wanted to fix it. So I left the kind of agency world after 20 years and started 822 Group really as the answer to that. And really our job is, is connection, reconnection to self, reconnection to purpose, reconnection to customer and employees. Beautiful. So what is your, your intuitive background then? Because merging the two is not so... Um, there's a lot of pressure and there's a post that you had on Instagram that I really enjoyed where um, the three myths about intuition. Uh, can yeah. you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, how do you really have an intuitive background other than to be intuitive all your life and own it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that what I realized is that I, you know, always had this ability to one connect to people's feelings really clearly that was then called being an empath, you know, here recently, Um, And that I was using that without knowing it in my career to guide people. You know, if you're coming in in the middle of something really important, you really have to know the answer. And I always felt like I knew it and it was coming from a really strong place. And, you know, what I've realized is I need to teach people how to reconnect to that. So beyond just the business space, you know, my job, I think in this go round and this life is to teach people how to reconnect to themselves and to their intuition. So, you know, really it's about understanding that I had this ability and leaning into it and, you know, noticing that it got louder, Mm -hmm. the more I leaned into it. And then just really becoming a student of the universe and of spirit and tuning in and not doubting it um, and allowing the gifts to come through and being really open about these are my gifts without, you know, any shame, which is a little bit different in the corporate world. Absolutely. Because uh, according to you and what I, something I strongly agree with is that uh, people believe that if they utilize their intuition in the workspace uh, for their decision-making or anything, and they admit to that, then that, you know, dismantles a lot of their credibility. Yeah, exactly. Because you think that, you, you know, people need data right now. They need hard evidence. They need to see it to believe it, which is part of our disease. And I think that, you know, it then makes you doubt yourself. You don't want to not fit in. You don't want to seem like you're crazy. And so I think we shut down that information channel in order to, you know, be one of the sheep. Mm, Yeah. So how have you seen kind of in the corporate world? Because I, I know that I know that there are plenty of CEOs and people who are in very high uh, level positioning that utilize their intuition for stock trade or for, um, you know, like the next computer technology, you know, thing or our next needs as far as those things go. Um, how do you see that being utilized more acceptably um, versus, because I, I see it, I see it for sure in men, high level ranking yeah. men or whatever, being like, I had a gut feeling people be like, yeah. And then yeah. when, when those who identify as women go, 
well, I had a gut feeling. It's like, oh, it's, it's an emotional decision or, oh, it's illogical or it's this or whatever. Why do you think that's thrown out so easily? Well, I think first of all, there's an entitlement to intuition that I'm trying to break down, which is mm. that only certain people are allowed to have it or use it. Um, and that's part of my mission is to help people understand that all of us have it and need to tap into it. I think a lot of CEOs use intuition. I think that they are still disconnected from self in lots of ways though. And so what happens is that they will use that intuition in one area and not allow it to come to play in other areas, particularly in the way that they you know, interact with others or um, the way that they think about the, the well-being of their workforce or the way that they think empathetically about their customers. So I think intuition is still being kind of sectioned off. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that, you know, as a female, uh, because we've been trained that the only way to be successful is to, uh, you know, act like our male counterparts, um, we feel like we have to shut down our more natural abilities. And I mm -hmm. think intuition is really natural to us. And so it's almost like our brain is giving us this signal that if it's natural, it's bad right. because we have to do the opposite in order to be successful in the business world. Right. So what are some steps and ways that people can, can lean more into their intuition in their workspace? I know for myself, um, this podcast, for instance, right. Um, I, I have been a photographer for 16, 17 years or so mm -hmm. had a very, um, you know, successful business published on covers of magazines and so on. And when I decided to take a shift into the more spiritual world, I was living in New York at the time and, you know, New York is very business oriented. Um, and, but also very accepting to those who are different. And so in, in fact, you may find that you are, uh, people trying really hard to be different always and, and stand out in some kind of way. So um, I felt comfortable to shift into a place where I was like, okay, I'm going to use this intuition. I'm going to let my freak flag fly and be the person that I am. And then I know that, the, you know, like the intuition and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when the podcast came to me, um, I had just gotten out of a, a trip uh, out in, um, what is it called? Crest, something Crest, Colorado. I'm losing the name of it at the moment. Anyway, super spiritual place, I would say, as far as like vortexes and stuff we were talking earlier. And I came home and it was like, you should start a podcast. You should do this. And I was like, oh, like everybody's got a podcast. Like, what am I going to say? And um, I heard very strongly spiritual shit and oh. I laughed and I was like, oh, that's, I, I like that name. That's so my vibe. Okay, cool. And, um, and one of my guides kind of telling me and saying this name will attract loads of people because it's more accessible. Right. Um, and it feels more down to earth or whatever. And so right. I, there've been countless amounts of people that have said, I, I came to your podcast because of the name. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that intuition leaning into that and being able to say, okay, I can use this or whatever, but this at the time was just going to be a hobby. And right. then it's now turned into a successful business. So being able to use that, that merge, that spiritual side after being like, I wouldn't say I was incorporate, I was self-employed, but still being in a service-based industry yeah. um, that was very, I would say male dominated for sure. Yeah. Um, and then leaning into this very ultra, like, you know, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Lean into this very feminine side of that. So what are some tips that people can do to get outside of that imposter syndrome, to get outside of that feeling of fraud where they're not like, feeling free to be able to tap into that part of themselves? Well, you know, one of the things that I always walk people through is an exercise in recognizing intuition and really thinking about the times in your life where you've heard that knowing voice telling you or, you know, directing you or just throwing ideas at you, like in your case, 
and really kind of starting to make a record for yourself so that you can review all of the moments that this part of you, that your higher self has been active. And actually what has its intention been and what has happened when you've listened? What has been the outcome? So that you start to really build evidence for yourself about how well-meaning and positive this source of information is and that it's real, that mm-hmm. you've heard it. And if you followed it, that there's been real tangible outcomes that come from it because we're so evidence-based then I think you have to start to allow intuition to show its evidence to you. Uh, and that's kind of the second part, which is opening your mind to looking for it, asking for it to show up, asking for it to show up in a very specific way and giving it space to do that so that you can see it in action. Um, Once you've recognized it, then I think it's about understanding what it feels like. And what Mm -hmm. I tell people is it feels different for everyone, right? There's three things that I tell people to look for. One is how is it showing up in your body? Do you feel it in your fingertips? Is it a you know, bubbly feeling in your stomach like it is for me? Where, where is it in your body? Um, secondly, you know, intuition never drains your energy. Mm. So if you're feeling drained, then that's anxiety. That's fear. Mm-hmm. That's you know, assumption. You know, when you're having an intuitive thought, it is uh, really energizing. It doesn't mean you're excited and you're bouncing off the walls, but you're not drained. Right. And then the third one, which I think is the most inter- important one, is that intuition is in, uh, emotionally neutral. It's not going to make you angry. It's not going to make you sad. It's also probably not going to make you elated. It's just a knowing. It's like a period at the end of a sentence. Mm-hmm. It's that neutral. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that in terms of recognition, it's important to also understand what it feels like for you specifically looking at those three things so that when it pops up, you can identify it. And that mm-hmm. really is what goes to kind of the third point and to answer your question, which is now that you know that it's popped up because you've identified it, it's about choosing to have faith over and over again. Like I have to mm-hmm. make that choice a hundred times a day, a yeah. hundred times a day. I have to decide, okay, I feel you. I hear you. I'm going to choose to believe you. Mm-hmm. And you have to make that choice very actively, but it is about having faith. It's about having faith in it and in yourself. Can you give us a practical example of something in your life that's happened where you've had to go to that place and you got in a a very emotionally neutral intuition? I can tell you it's happening right now. We have a client that has been our client for a long time, major company. um, And I really feel intuitively like we have come to the end of the line for us, Mm -hmm. that for us to continue to invest time and energy into this client is going to block us from expansion. Mm. And I have been feeling it and feeling it, but that rational or the fear side, I didn't want to say rational, the fear side keeps being like, you have employees, are you insane? This is a lot of money to walk away from. Um, And just today I was talking to my colleague and she's very intuitive too. That's become one of the barometers I have for working Mm -hmm. here. Um, And I just told her outright, I really think we got to tell them this is the end of the line. She goes, you know, I've been feeling that for a while now and I was Mm -hmm. afraid to tell you. So I constantly have to do that in my business life, as well as as a parent, as a wife, as you know, whatever it might be. Um, And I really have learned, especially in this example, to stop myself and be like, okay, where is it in my body? Is my stomach feeling? Yep. All right. Do I feel drained by this thought? No. Am I scared? Like, am I upset? No. Am mm-hmm. I elated? No, it's just a fact. It's like, mm-hmm. you're done. This is done. Uh-huh. Um, and then where's the fear in it? And I have yeah. to talk to the fear of me. Usually she's the nine-year-old who, you know, 
parents got divorced and was raised by a single mother and wasn't able to afford groceries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's really beautiful to, to highlight how in our intuition, it is emotionally neutral. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when we're talking about intuition and in, in, in instances, especially when I, with my clients where they have quote unquote, followed their intuition. And then it was quote unquote wrong. And then they had this very emotional <laughs> response to it about like, Oh, I'll never trust my intuition again. Or I can't trust yeah. myself because I was wrong last time. Right. I was like, you were probably wrong last time because you were very emotionally attached to the outcome and whatever that outcome, like, you know, how many people are like over there using their pendulums about, is this guy the one or not, or whatever. I'm like, yeah. you're emotionally attached to that. So the answer that you're going to receive is going to be affected by yeah. how you want to feel about that situation. So, and I, I know that from experience, so I can talk to myself about that, but yeah. the, the neutrality of it, it just, it comes in and it comes in so strong. We just have to address our fear around it usually about like, what's, what's blocking us in that. Um, I want to talk to you about purpose because that's a, it's a big, big thing that you talk about and, and something really beautiful. I like, I enjoy your perspective on it. When we talk about purpose, a lot of times people think, and I agree with you wholeheartedly here that their purpose is something that they do. Um, some, a gift that they may have that they do out of the goodness of their heart, whatever that may be. And that's a wonderful thought. Um, but you have the perspective that, um, it it is uh, your purpose can also be something that makes you financially wealthy. You can utilize for your business. And and, and sometimes people feel guilty for that. I know a lot of spiritual healers, Reiki practitioners, card readers, or whatever they have this, 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 you know, empathetic, like, I need to help people, but I can't charge people for helping people or they'll charge a lot less than they're worth. Mm -hmm. And so can you, can you speak to that? Because I am all in camp of abundance and wealth and wellness and and all that stuff. But I think that we get a bad message when it says that we're not allowed to let these things, our gifts become, make us abundant. Yeah, I definitely, I have so many things to say about that. I do want to rewind a little bit and just talk about that example you gave of people saying their intuition. Oh, 100%. If that's okay. Um, Which is, I always ask people, what do you mean by wrong? Like if we have faith in our journey, how do you know that that higher version of you isn't trying to get you to experience that? Mm. You know, I married someone who um, ended up being, not this time around, my first marriage, I have two kids. Um, It was a really hard marriage. And that person had substance abuse issues and mental health issues. And it was hard, Mm -hmm. right? But never once do I feel like it was wrong. Mm. because it led me to being a mother of two really incredible people. It led me actually to my husband today. It led Mm. me to find my own strength. I got promoted in my agency more in the year that I was struggling with my ex-husband than ever before. Yeah. I had to access another area of strength. So anyway, not to belabor that point, but I also think that we judge, you know, when, when an experience feels negative, Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we make bad choices mm. that our soul wants to experience that lesson. I think, um, thank you for rewinding because I think that that's a hundred percent. I talk about that a lot. I was also in a very bad marriage as well. And it had some relationships that I was like, these felt quote unquote wrong. And I was like, no, if it hadn't been for this relationship, right. I wouldn't be here. I experienced this or met that person that then yes. put me here. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. To your purpose question yes. though. Um, <laughs> You know, I do feel like it is one of my really big goals in life to help people understand this myth that purpose has to be, you know, in line with being 
um, a nonprofit or a monk or, you know, someone who does not um, live a financially wealthy life. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason that we have bought into that myth is because we need as people to work for other people's dreams so that those big companies and those big um, brands can achieve their purpose. Mm -hmm. And so we have to believe that purpose cannot be synonymous with financial wealth so that we give up our dream. Mm -hmm. That's part of the system we've been indoctrinated into. Mm -hmm. And we need to see the truth of the fact that that's just a lie we've been told so that we don't pursue our own purpose, mm -hmm. first and foremost. The second lie we've been told is that money is evil, yeah. you know, that we think that making money or having money is a negative energy. Money is like intuition, a very neutral energy. Mm -hmm. It can become whatever you put your intention behind when you have it, but it does not have inherently a negative energy to it. Right. And so it is an exchange of energy. And the way that I want people to think about it as they think about charging for their natural born talents is that if people do not exchange something for what you're giving them, they do not value it. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Like they literally won't even um, understand the lesson or receive the message from the spirit guides that are coming through as deeply as they would if they had to exchange some kind of energy for it. And mm -hmm. so if you can shift your perception about money being an energy, then you understand that you need to raise your frequency to the level of your value mm. and be really honest about that. And when you do that, people will show up who are more than happy to pay that, right? Right. Um, there's a medium who's written this book that I am obsessed with. His name is Ainsley McLeod. I would pay anything to spend an hour with him. And when we, you know, when he told me that his rate was 450 for an hour, I was like, yeah, yeah, he's done. Because that was, he was standing in such power of his value. I was like, this is what I do. And it was worth it. So mm -hmm. I think that again, not being afraid of money, not thinking that money is negative is really important. And then the third thing is, you know, your purpose is really just the integration of what you were naturally born and good at your natural talents, mm -hmm. right? The things that come easy to you and the impact you want to leave on the world. That is your purpose. Mm -hmm. And there is no reason why that cannot be your career. There yeah. is no reason why that cannot financially sustain you. It does not make sense that the universe would create and put you here with a reason for existing and not want you to thrive while doing it. It mm. does not make sense. Honey preach. Okay. <laughs> like we going to church today. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I find this, this, so it's like, I feel it like hot <laughs> because uh, the point is resonating. So true. Um, you know, I always was in the camp of thinking like, well, if it came easy to me, it's not something I have to work at. So it's right. not, you know, like I don't need to charge very much for it. Um, I'm lucky that I was in a family that were super open to, you know, us trying lots of different things. Absolutely. And so like, I just, picked up photography and I just picked up this thing and I just picked up that thing and I ended up naturally being good at it. But then I had this complex about like, well, I didn't have to work hard at it. I didn't learn a lot. I didn't have to go to school for it or whatever. So I shouldn't charge a lot for it. Um, and I think a lot of people are in that camp as well. And it's like, oh, it, but it comes naturally to you. There are other people who look at that and can't, cannot do that. Yeah. Um, me and my family, we have this funny thing. All of us are artists of some capacity. And so a few weeks ago, we had an art show together. It was the first time we'd ever done an art show together. Awesome. And so it was super fun. But it was funny to, to, to have all these people come in and be like, your whole family 
can do this. Your whole family can, you know, whatever. And we have this funny thing that we do when we walk into places or whatever, um, when it, whether it be clothes or whether it be art or whether it's something like that or whatever, and we go, Oh, we can make that, you know, like, oh, <laughs> just like this, this kind of idea that we can make that not that we wouldn't pay someone's worth for what it was, right. but we have this kind of understanding that if this is a part of our gift set and yeah. so, Oh, we can make that. And so my sister made this really big jump for herself in this art show where she was charging way more than she had ever charged before for her work. And she sold six pieces and, and it was the most yeah. she'd ever sold in one art show. And I was like, you go honey. And it was this, this, I had a proud moment for her, for her to, to stand in her value finally to go, okay, this comes naturally to me. And this is something that I can do, but other people walk in and go, I can't do that. And they admire yeah. it. And they, they're willing to pay for it. Like you said, with this, this, um, what was the book by the Ansley McLeod? Did you say? Oh my God, you're going to ask me and it just jumped out of my head. <laughs> I will, I promise I'll think of it. And then I will tell you. I'm okay, cool. <laughs> no worries. I really, really recommend it. Well, I love this topic because there's so many people that I talk to and I have readings with that are in a job that they hate or in a place doing something that they don't love. And they they have this curiosity towards something that they're naturally gifted at, or that they want to become gifted at. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, yeah, but I won't be able to make the money that I, I can do, or I won't be able to do this or whatever. And they have all these limiting beliefs around that. Can you speak yeah. and encourage the world here <laughs> on spiritual shit today? Um, like for those people who are kind of on the cusp of being able to discover a way to make themselves financially stable, financially wealthy, even through a gift or a, a path of career that doesn't seem probable or feasible to them. Yeah, absolutely. And the book is called The Instruction, by mm, the way. Thank you. Andrew McLeod, The Instruction. Thank you. Um, yes, I think that what you just said is so important. It's the first step, which is rewiring your brain to from believing that working hard is what makes you successful mm. to actually it's just loving hard. Mm. You really have to love what you do. And again, if you're born with natural abilities, it means you love that thing. Mm-hmm. It means that you love whatever it is, right? right. Um, and so I always tell my son, who's a huge LeBron fan, and I always am talking to my kids about purpose. And I'm like, that's part of LeBron's purpose. Now he used that purpose to then accumulate wealth. And now he's doing incredible things for his community, right? right? So now it's having global impact, but like basketball can be your purpose. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, um, you know, just a side hobby. It's part of right. why right. this person existed. So I think that really rewiring from working hard to loving hard, what do I love? Because if you don't love it, honestly, it's going to be really hard to become successful at it, Mm -hmm. really and truly. Uh, So understanding that, think about all of the millionaires and billionaires and icons that we see out there who always say, love what you do and you'll make money. Mm -hmm. It's true. It -hmm. is very true. So I I would say, first of all, give into it, give into the thing you love, give into your natural ability. The second one is, again, you pointed to this, know your value, do some research. You know, what does it look like to be a photographer in Indianapolis right now? What kinds of photography um, are different people doing? What are their rates? Like really spend time understanding how to monetize your talent um, so that you don't spend years and years and years undervaluing yourself because that's Mm -hmm. all money that you could have been making. So really, you know, this is where data is helpful. Get down to it and figure out what is it that you can charge. Um, And then third, you have to really battle that imposter syndrome. 
because what happens when we start charging our value is the voice that's like, come on, you're not really a professional at this or like people shouldn't pay you for this. Mm -hmm. And that is just trauma trying to protect us, but it's just, it's useless at that point. So you need to see that voice for what it is. I call it a troll under a bridge and just kind of like bop it on the head and try Mm -hmm. to keep doing that and moving on. Um, And then the fourth one is you need to get out there and just start doing There's a lot of paralysis by analysis. There's a lot of like planning that does not turn into action. Mm -hmm. So what are the steps you can take to actually go experience the doing of this talent and see what it feels like? What I've learned just in starting this business is that what I thought this was going to be and what it's turning out to be is definitely shifting. Yeah. And the way that it's shifted is that by doing, I have learned, oh, I like this. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's a new methodology I can use that I never even thought of. Um, It's only by doing. I could not have sat there and planned it out at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's so much in what you said. that (laughs) I've experienced this in myself and seeing how um, my business shift has shifted with readings and stuff like that. I used to do a lot of energy coaching Mm -hmm. and I found that the energy coaching, while it was super fulfilling, it was draining to me. And like, I still do a little bit here and there for people that I know, or people that have already gone through some coursework or whatever. And that's a lot better, but there were a lot of people coming in for like a quick fix. And I'm like, no, like, I want to see your progress. Like you need to book a package so I can work with you continually that I enjoy. Um, And so being able to shift my business in that way, Um, back to the money thing though, you know, there are a lot of limiting beliefs that are just ingrained in us uh, about money and about wealth, about what's, what we feel is excessive versus what we feel is abundant, Um, feeling bad for making too much and having to discount our services and not standing in our power when, it, when that comes to what it is we want to charge, mm-hmm. um, for people who are, you know, starting out or they're beginners or whatever, um, what are some ways that they can dismantle these limiting narratives or beliefs or myths around money? Well, I think the first one is to honestly understand what is the myth I believe and who wanted me to believe it and how does that benefit them mm. and how does it not benefit me? right? Really do some forensic analysis yourself of every limiting belief system you have. Where did it come from? You know, was this my mom because she had a fear of being independent and so therefore she stuck with someone who wasn't good for her? Well, okay. Is that my story? You know, there's a lot of inner child work that has to happen to break these limiting belief systems down. And you really have to trace the origin back to who incepted this idea in my head. And again, how did it protect them? How did it benefit them? And how is it no longer serving me? And just really stay in that constant dialogue with yourself. It's a lifelong work. It never stops. You constantly have to be in that dialogue. I think the second thing, again, is evidence versus fear. What evidence do I have that this will fail or that I will fail or that I'm not good at this? And how are the thoughts that I'm having just assumptions based on fear? And I tell people all the time, I'll talk to you about your fear, but I'm not going to let you make a decision based on it because Mm -hmm. that's not coming from your higher self. It's coming from your experiential self that experienced trauma. And it's again, trying to protect you, but it's not, there's no evidence. If you sat down and you did the evidence work, when's the last time I used this talent? How did it end up? When's the last time I had a fear about something? How did it really end up, right? Mm -hmm. When you do that kind of evidence-based work, what you start to realize is like, oh, the evidence is stacking against my fear. It's stacking against this no. It's really turning into a, oh, you should probably try it because every time you've had faith in yourself, it's worked out. Right. 
So for those people who are kind of come combating those fears and those limiting beliefs, um, you know, besides the, the fact that we have issues with money, scarcity around money, uh, feelings of like, it's bad to make money or be a spiritual person and then make money. What about scarcity in business? Because I do have a lot of people that also combat that feeling of like, well, there's already so many people out there doing what it is that I want to do. And Mm -hmm. so I can't do it, especially in the spiritual community, because it's like a a thousand people decided they wanted to become Reiki practitioners all of a sudden, you know, and it's like people need Reiki, you know, or like things like that. There's a lot of people that have limiting beliefs around that when they see a lot of shift happening in our collective consciousness around spiritual spirituality and business. So what do you, what do you say about that? I mean, listen, we are going through an evolution as a race, as a human race, as a species. And in order for us to survive this evolution, we have to become more connected to ourselves, to our higher self and to others. Right. So if we are going through this evolution and we need to survive, doesn't it make sense that a whole new army of people that can create that connection have to be the ones that are in business, right? You never ask yourself, why are there a million lawyers out there? Yeah. Why can't there be a million Reiki practitioners? If that's what we need to make that frequency jump as a species. And so I really think this is a universal energy that's happening that's trying to push us forward. It is no coincidence that spirituality is starting to take center stage. Mm-hmm. It's no coincidence that Oprah has turned into, you know, this person who can get all kinds of people's attention does a podcast called super soul Sunday, right? Like that is, I think by design, because in order for humanity to evolve, we need to reestablish this connection to higher self and to the Mm -hmm. universe. And so I think really important, especially for people who are wanting to create business out of their spiritual gifts, it's to understand that that is your purpose. And if that is your purpose, it means the universe put you here because it needs you to assist in this transformation. And once you see it that way, you become a vehicle, then it's not so personal, then it's not so um, ego driven, Mm -hmm. then you're not so afraid, who am I to do this? It's like, well, the universe decided it needed you to do it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, are you going to do your job? (laughs) And that's when you then realize that the universe doesn't want you to um, suffer while you do it either. Mm-hmm. So you might as well be able to take that vacation to the South of France to recharge while you're helping other people. Why not? Maury, like, this is so funny. Um, those of you who listen to this podcast know what she just said. Um, she doesn't know oh, what I she just say. said. <laughs> <laughs> so um, first of all, I always say I want to be the spiritual Oprah, the new spiritual Oprah, basically. <laughs> so you bringing that yeah. up for me was a sync to me. Um, I also want to own a home in the South of France and like have all these visions. I was talking to my partner about it this morning and we were talking about money. We're having this conversation. And I was like, what do you, what do you want to make per year? And we, us having a large disparity in what we think is a good amount of money to make per year. Um, and for me, um, and for, for like, that's, I mean, that's okay. We have different barometers. Right. Um, but for him, he was saying, well, th- this, I think this amount is excessive. And I was like, I don't. And, and the reason I think that is because th- these are the type of experiences I would like to have, and this is what's required. And also there, to me, there's not this idea of, um, you know, like that money is a finite resource. Um, like there's a pie and like, if you have more of this piece, then p- other people have less of this piece. Um, so I think about it 
very differently and he's going through his own journey with that. So that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. but there, there are a lot of people who suffer or struggle with that and feel like I I'm not supposed to do good because other people aren't doing well. And I can feel bad about that, or I should feel about bad about that when, um, I want to do better. And for myself, I, I have just overcome what I would consider money blocks, frequency blocks, abundance blocks, whatever, um, to be in the frequency say, no, 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 no. I would like to call that in. And this is not a finite resource. This is, if I decide that it's something I want, this is ordained and, and coming together, manifesting for me. Um, yeah. so can you speak to people who are having kind of some struggles with that, um, as far as their money blocks or perspective about what is, um, necessary versus what is excessive? I have a problem with that word excessive because if it's ever more than you need, you need to know that you will use that to help other people. I've said that. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know that like excessive, we have really limiting language in our, mm -hmm. in our, you know, vocabulary at this stage where we believe that there's limits. Like if we want to be limitless, then we have to understand that money is abundant. And if you're abundant, that you are going to spread that abundance, mm -hmm. right? Like I always tell people, my biggest goal with 822 group is that we can create a foundation. That is what success looks like for me. Mm -hmm. That we have so much opportunity and abundance and money that we can create a foundation that makes global impact. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that, if you are in line with your purpose, that you will ever be excessive. Mm -hmm. I think you'll figure out a way to spread the love, spread the resource and help everyone rise. Mm -hmm. um, number one. Number two, if you refuse to make that money, you better believe that there are entitled privileged people out there that are very happy to have it. Ooh, yeah. It's not going... Just because you're blocking yourself from it doesn't mean that those hundred hungry children wherever are getting it either, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So say that again, really, really, because I feel like this is a very important point. Flesh that out. You know, we tell ourselves that we uh, should not be greedy, that we should not want so much because there are people there who need, mm -hmm. and that is true. There are people there who need. But by us not getting what it is we want to thrive, it doesn't give it to those people who need it. It gives it to the people who don't need it, mm -hmm. right? The people who don't need it are Bezos. the ones that, exactly, you know, like think about Amazon and the market share it has. And then think about 200 people deciding they're going to go and live their dream and do something that's competitive mm -hmm. and how that breaks up that market share a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's not taking it out of the mouths of the poor. It's taking it away from these conglomerates, from these systems that keep sucking up the resource. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand that the trade-off you've created in your mind, you didn't put there. The, mm. These systems put it there so that you didn't strive for it. Right. That's how it works. It's like, if you don't strive for it, then you become a cog in the wheel and you can keep their wheels rolling. You're mm -hmm. not going to, um, by succeeding, harm somebody else especially if you're in line with your purpose and your intention if you're succeeding i bet on you that you will help those other people mm -hmm. yeah because there's this idea that that those of us who are spiritual that the money is not a good thing you know money is evil or whatever we know where that comes from 
Um, I think that that's such a beautiful thought because those of us who are really in line with our purpose tend to be doing something. It gives us either more time, more freedom to be able to spend more resources or whatever, in order to help people. I know for myself that me moving into this position, into this job has, uh, afforded me more time to spend on this podcast, to have more guests, to have more time to sit down, more freedom. I work part-time. I just had a baby and, you know, like I do my readings twice a week and then I do the podcast and all the video content and stuff on Mondays, today's Monday. And, and it allows me then three or four days to spend with my daughter. Now for some people, that that may not be helping the world, but I'm trying to cultivate not to have a nanny as much or if we, if we need one, you know, later down the road, sure. But no, no judgment to those people, but I, I want to spend that time with my daughter right. and I want to be, you know, there's this thing going around that keeps talking about pandemic babies are different. Um, there's like memes on TikTok or whatever that like they start walking earlier and they're talking more and or whatever, and it must be the virus. And I was like, I just had this thought. No, it's because they have more time with yeah. the person, right. their people. Totally. Because of what the pandemic has done. Anyway, um, it's given me the ability to have more resources to, to raise this person, raise right. the soul, but more than anything as well, help have more to, to do this podcast, to talk to you, to, to download the collective consciousness or whatever. And as well, donate to other, you know, corporations, whatever it is. It is a maximization if I can use that word. Yeah. <laughs> of our resources and our development towards uh, the alignment of our souls and how we would like to see the world ascend with us. Right. And if we cannot be in a position to, to be able to accumulate this neutral resource that is just a tool, then, you know, we don't have as much freedom. We don't have as much time, you know, like, like you said, uh, when we're thinking about, you know, corporate work, some people love corporate work and, you know, good on you. Uh, a lot of people don't. And because they're in that cog of the wheel of making someone else's dream come true. And if you find that you're in that 10 hours a day doing something that you don't love that much, then you don't have as much time at the end of the day to, to, to devote to something you actually love. That's aligned with alignment with your purpose. That probably helps someone in some capacity. If you're yeah. part of this, this Ascension, if you will. So yeah. I, I love that. I love that. Um, not everyone needs to be wealthy, to right. feel fulfilled. And that's also okay. Mm -hmm. But you just have to figure out what your truth is and stop experiencing so much shame around your desire. Mm -hmm. Where do you think that, I mean, I know where it is, but the shame originates around us fulfilling our dream. I think it's so multi-layered. I mean, I've spoken ad nauseum to the first one, which is, I think that because of the system we live in, we have been taught to experience shame over wanting more because mm -hmm. it doesn't work for those in power for us to want that. Mm -hmm. I think that for those of us that have parents who grew up with any kind of hardship, particularly children of immigrants, mm -hmm. um, me being one of them, you know, we're taught, take what you get and be grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Why are you pushing so hard? Why do you need more? Like you're alive or you're not living in a country where your freedom's taken Be grateful. Away. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's a little bit of that indoctrination from our parents that exists in there. Um, and then I think it's because we have watched some pretty terrible models of having money mm -hmm. and we're afraid to turn into those people. Mm -hmm. You know, we look at it and our soul can feel the like, oh, why are you like showing me your yacht on Instagram every day <laughs> or whatever it is? Like it's sometimes it's gross. Or you, mm -hmm. you know, you read stories about leaders and CEOs and what they're doing with their money and it's gross. Mm -hmm. And so we have an aversion because the wrong people have all the money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think, again, if those of us that are spiritually aligned and aligned with our purpose can 
really exist in that wealth, the world will change seriously. Mm. Like there won't be so much shame around it. Yeah. Me and my partner were having this discussion about, um, he unfollowed a hashtag because the particular hashtag always had, um, those memes that are like, um, you know, you're going to be a millionaire today, claim it now. And, you know, stuff like that. And he's like, I hate these, like everybody shouldn't be a millionaire. And I was like, what do you mean? Everybody shouldn't be a millionaire. And we had this discussion about it It, and broke it down. And it was really, really like (sighs) intense discussion because I was like, are we talking about uh, shame, shamefulness around wealth, around wanting to become a millionaire? Or are we talking about, um, you know, essentially the, 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 like you said, the grossness around this idea of a millionaire, like here's my yacht and here's my Dior bag and here's this and that and whatever, as a means to be able to validate ourselves. Like this is the validity of who we are. And this is affirming us because we are making this kind of money. And so that's probably the grossness that a lot of people feel in the vibrational stances because this person is not feeling their worth. And then yes. you show everybody yeah. like, this is what I have. And this is, yeah. this is what my worth actually is. You spoke yeah. to, um, to uh, someone I was listening to uh, on my research that, um, this, this validation, um, addiction, addiction. Yes. Can yeah. we talk about that? Yeah. Listen, I've diagnosed this as the need for other people's opinions, approval, pat on the back in order to feel valuable, successful, mm-hmm good about your decision-making. Um, and I think that needing val- wanting validation is a part of the human condition. So right. I'm not saying that we all need to go beat ourselves up because we like validation, Right. but I think it turns into addiction when you're either paralyzed when you don't have it, mm-hmm. or you can't yourself see the good in the thing you produced. Like you can't yourself see the value in what it is you have to offer because other people aren't giving you that yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that is where it becomes an addiction and that's where it becomes dangerous. Because, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. When you are vibrating at a higher frequency, the people that you are asking to validate you do not have the tools to validate you. They don't have the yeah. tools to hear you. You're at yeah. a higher frequency. They can't even understand it. Mm-hmm. So I tell people this, and I think it's particularly relevant to your audience. When you are a pioneer, you are in the beginning front of the pack, which means Mm -hmm. that you are seeing things that other people cannot see. And when you turn around to them to say, hey, here's what the frontier looks like. There's a cliff here. There's an ocean. They're like, come on. They can't see it because they're not there. And so if they can't see it, how can they validate you? And Mm -hmm. then if you're relying on them to validate you, then you're not able to pioneer anymore. You're not able to do your job and, and call out what it is that you're seeing ahead of the game. So that's where it becomes dangerous because we're not all on the same frequency. I have clients that are not on my frequency and I need, you know, a thank you sometimes. And you know what? I don't get it. I don't get it because they don't understand how I do what I do. They're like, Mm -hmm. how does she show up? Know how we're feeling. Tell us how we're going to work better together based on feelings that we haven't even talked about. And like, she's out and we are all working better. They can't even understand it. Mm -hmm. So like, they don't even know how to thank me for it. (laughs) Yeah. That's, it's, it's so interesting because if we're, I always say that, um, I always pull this card, uh, that's called the revolutionary and in one of our uh, Oracle decks and I'm like, Ooh, you got this card. Okay. So your path is going to look very different than a lot of the people around you. So you can't really ask advice 
about, you know, like not, not that you can't ask advice, but you can't be validated and you can't change your decision based off somebody who can't see what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I remember asking someone about, um, what do you think about the name of this podcast? And they're like, oh no, it's a little vulgar. And, and, you know, people would be put off and like, I can't listen to you. You can't see the vision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and recognizing that when we're looking for that validation, that oftentimes we may end up finding that we're talking ourselves out of what it yes. is that we're meant to do. We might even turn to people uh, in a, um, you know, subconscious way because we're afraid and looking for people to tell us no, uh, why yes. it won't work because we're afraid. And okay, this will save me from rejection. This will save yes. me from investment. This will save me from disappointment. This yes. will save me from rejection. And yes. so, you know, you can't do that. If you're the revolutionary, if you're the pioneer and you're supposed to be the first in your field, well, guess what? You know, you need to lean into your intuition and know that, that that's going to lead you the right way. Well, and I can feel that if you're listening to this podcast, you fall into that revolutionary category. Yeah, most likely. I got a lot of people that DM me and I'm like, I'm thinking about starting this business. What do you think? And I'm like, you can't ask me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like ask yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're going to go over to Patreon and talk a little bit about uh, more about building a spiritual business. Um, but before we do that, can you tell everybody where to find you? Yeah, sure. So I'm on Instagram at Maury Fontanez. That's probably the best way to stay connected to me. I do a lot of different talks like this and Instagram lives and posting content. So I would say follow me at Maury Fontanez uh, for more. Cool, cool, cool. Um, website? Website is 822 group. So 822group.com. Got it. We'll put it in the show notes. Thank you so much for this conversation because I feel it's super refreshing uh, to talk to someone who is Um, you guys, you heard it. Like we were back and forth, boom, 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 like tennis ball. (laughs) Um, and, and so, so direct about what it, what it means to be in, uh, to be a spiritual person and integrate that into the business world, that they are not something separate. And then the more and more we start to acknowledge that the more and more we're able to have businesses that are more aligned with our purpose and aligned with helping the collective better. So thank you so much for the work that you do. We'll head over to Patreon guys. If you want to become a Patreon member, go to patreon.com slash lovely Aaliyah in order to listen to the rest of this episode. And we will see you in the next one. hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Leah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.